a teenage blacksmith with social anxiety accepts a commission from the wrong person and is forced to go on the run to protect the world from the most magical, powerful sword she's ever made. Good lord. That's the whole book, guys. You don't even need to read it because it's all there. Welcome to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club girls who don't always agree, but do enjoy a good book discussion. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. Grab your favorite beverage and come and enjoy our universe. with your host Ashley and Dawn and today we are going to be discussing Blade of Secrets by Trisha Levenseller and if you aren't already following us on Instagram you can follow us on Instagram please look us up on Novel Universe Pod something like the that Novel Universe. something like that it always is <laughs> um but we look forward to hearing your comments. If you have anything that you think that we should read, please let us know. And if you aren't following our podcast uploads, please do that. But if it's your first time here, usually we start with a little bit of a synopsis. We go into non-spoilers first, and then we will tell you when we're going to spoil the book. And we will give you an indicator in the show notes as to when that's going to be. But did I get it all? Yep. Did I say it all? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. All right. Play the secrets. 18-year-old Zivia prefers metal to people. She spends her days tucked away in her forge, safe from society and the anxiety it causes her, using her magical gift to craft unique weapons imbued with power. Then Zivia receives a commission from a powerful warlord, and the result is a sword capable of stealing its victim's secrets. A sword that can cut far deeper than the length of its blade. A sword with the strength to topple kingdoms. When Zivia learns of the warlord's intentions to use the weapon to enslave all the world under her rule, she takes her sister and flees. Joined by a drastically handsome mercenary and a young scholar with extensive knowledge of the world's known magic, Zivia and her sister set out on a quest to keep the sword safe until they can find a worthy wielder or a way to destroy it entirely. A teenage blacksmith with social anxiety accepts a commission from the wrong person and is forced to go on the run to protect the world from the most magical, powerful sword she's ever made. Good lord. That's the whole book, guys. You don't even need to read it because it's all there. God. I didn't read the the preface of this book. Me either. And and I saw on someone's comments on Goodreads, I don't remember your name, so I'm going to quote, they had said, do not read the synopsis of the book on Goodreads because it will spoil everything for you in its own way because it's like little mini spoilers. This happened with another book that we read where I was like, there it is. There, there's the whole book for you right there. hundred <laughs> percent. They just didn't put names in there, but you can kind of put two and two together. Um, don't yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Don, what did you rate it? Okay. So I gave it two ratings and I will explain at the end. <laughs> So I gave it a. I gave it. Do we accept two ratings here? Well, we're gonna have to. Okay, 
I gave it a <laughs> excuse me. I gave it a two, a two, and then I gave it a four. And I will I'll explain what all of that means. This is a new for me. I usually say like three point seven point two five six six six. But I'll explain later. Go ahead. What'd you give it? <laughs> I gave it a three. Three and a half, like around there. Probably more on a three and a half. Wow. And I will explain later why. Wow. I will explain later why. Because I was I was going through and I'm like, I know I can't give it that. And I don't know if I can give it that because of certain things. So I'll explain. Ashley is way more generous than me because wow. Alright, so we're gonna go into our non-spoiler dislikes. John, would yep. you like to go first? I will go first. Um, okay. Well, I start I like fantasy for the world. And this book had no world. It felt like Slevin Seller was saying to herself as she's writing this book. I don't need to put any details because people have read this story before. They can just fill in the gaps. She didn't develop anything. Not the magic system. Um, I don't I don't understand how magic works, who has the magic, how Ziva can wield magic. Is she the only one? Are you born with it? Maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. Uh, nothing was explained. <laughs> Okay, I I agree with you. That is my number one qualm with this book is it's like we just forgot about the world and we just focused on characters and you kind of just like I felt like I was walking through like olden times like Scotland or England or something. I just kind of filled in my own world as to where we were at mm-hmm. based on geography and my other fantasy experiences, but I did not have a map. I had no idea where the hell we were a lot of times because it was just, we're walking down the road and we're going on another trip, (laughs) you know? So I was, I don't, I don't know if it was, yeah. Okay. Let me restart. There wasn't a world to show us what was happening. There was no rules to the magic system. Somehow Ziva has just this amazing power and no one else seems to have it except for potentially one person, maybe. And then we find out some other stuff in the end where it's like, oh, maybe there's now a whole bunch of them somewhere or it's a line or I don't know. There's no rule to it at all nope it's magic without boundaries and we all know from don and i's previous talks that that's not okay magic needs to have rules if it doesn't have rules it doesn't logically make sense Mm -hmm. that there's no punishment for doing something wrong or good so that was my my biggest thing that I had an issue with there is that. Um, it was something else I want to say about this world and this magic. I can't remember what it was. Shoot. Oh. Whatever. It'll come back to me. Anyway, 
Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, there's, there's nothing. It's, it's info dumped for two sentences about the king and his kids. And then that's it. Yeah. That's, that's all what, we get. What happened to the, the rest of the kids that were talked about there? Don't know. There were all of these, there were not a lot of twists and turns to this book. And there was also a lot of little mini like hints towards what the world is like towards a greater, deeper plot of this story. And they kind of just get dumped in there and then they get left behind. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So I, I had an issue with that just because I felt like it was just like the merry band of thieves, if you will. Yeah. Like here's four people put together in a situation and this is how they're going to execute it. And that was pretty much it. Um, another thing that she does in this book, which is super tropey, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing is that magic is bad and people want to kill the magic people. How many times have we read that? And that's okay, but you have to do something with it. And she didn't. Mm -hmm. They just go on one of their little quests. They drop into this land and the mercenary is like, "Uh, by the way, they'll kill magic people. And then sure, what do you know? It's like, okay, We we gotta do something else with this. This isn't good enough. Yeah. All right, your turn. (laughs) What was one of your dislikes? My next one is that I just didn't have a specific moment where I could, and this is kind of like a nitpick for me personally. I didn't have that moment where I said that this book is amazing. And that's why I couldn't give it a, like, a higher rating than what I did. It might be more of a three to be honest, but it just, it didn't have that moment where I was like, and this is why this book is great. So I could overlook the world building and the lack of plot development just because I liked this one pivotal part of this book. Um, so I just, yeah, I was waiting for that moment. So when I was like trying to do the rating, I was like, I don't really have a lot to say. Because I didn't have that aha moment where you're like, yes, I stand by you 100% throughout this whole thing. Disregard any of the negative. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Another huge one was this book is only 330 pages. It is way too quick. Too quick. We're down in the whatever you call it, the thing where they make the weapons. I don't know what it's called. We're down in there, we're making the weapons, we have an anxiety attack, and the next thing you know, we're at a party. And then the prince does something stupid, and then we're leaving town. And this all happens within, what, 50 pages? Maybe less? Um, It's so quick, and I'm I'm an idiot because I know better. I know that if a book number one is less than 400 pages, it's going to be underdeveloped, and it totally was. Because it was so quick that she didn't have time to develop any of the characters. She didn't even bother to make a world. We already said that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not invested in this romance because it's, it's, it wasn't um, insta-love. But it was a lot of 
Maybe we'll get to the romance later. Do we want to talk about that separately or just... We'll talk about it separately. We can talk about I think I disagree with you a little bit, so I'd be oh. curious to talk about it. <laughs> well, let me get my pace and stuff out. Like, it, like there were moments where it could have been good because she has a interesting relationship with her sister, Tamara. Tamara is a little bit more outgoing. She knows what she wants. Whereas Ziva is kind of really dependent on her sister for everything. And Ziva's like, um, when we leave this town, we're going to go find a cottage somewhere off by ourselves, and you're going to live with me forever. And her sister's kind of like, um, okay. But she doesn't really want to do that. She's not allowing her sister to grow and be her own person. And that could have been a really good opportunity to talk about that. We just gloss over that one cool just no development of anything that we could really critique because there were no themes here there's it, it's just stuff happening at a very quick pace yeah yeah my next little like I have a nitpick is that I felt that there was it was too cookie cuttery of putting yeah. people together that's all I'm gonna say I don't want to spoil anything but I almost I feel like younger Ashley would have appreciated you know this particular trend which is probably what's going to happen because this book is geared more towards 13 to 17 year olds in general so maybe that'll be okay for them as well but for adult Ashley I was like why that gotta happen (laughs) Yeah, you know, because I feel like I've read so many, so many other books where that's not the case. And it's such a better story. Yeah, it's just such a better story. Anyway, that's that's just a little nitpick that I have. Okay. Mm hmm. Uh, But I I agree. I wrote the plot is too simplistic and formulaic, which Mm -hmm. you can see the beats coming. Because we've all read this story before. And that is going to be a huge star drop for me. If it's formulaic, that's a huge star drop. If the world is not developed, huge star drop. Just like everything that makes me drop stars, this book did. And I'm being generous with that too, by the way. I know I say that a lot, but I'm being generous with that too. For Dawn, she is being generous, I promise. Because when Dawn reads a good book... All she does is go, oh, this is just so great. Here's why. Here's my whole entire paragraph long as to why it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> There's no. books that did not do it well. And here's why this one. <laughs> it's true. Okay. It is so true. <sighs> Yikes. You got more? Um, I got one more. I don't have any more without spoiling things. Okay. Well, this is not really a dislike, but I've read Levin Sellers. I read three of her other four books, not counting this one. And she's a much better writer than this. I don't understand what is happening here. Uh, I read Warrior of the Wild, which is pretty good, and Daughter of the Pirate King, which is pretty good. And she can write a strong heroine. And I mean, she's she's really good at compacting a lot into a, sh- a short book. Mm-hmm. She is able to write a, a book that's under 400 pages and it can still be pretty good. And she usually writes unpredictable stories. Like she usually has some pretty good themes going. I don't know what the hell happened in this book. 
And this book is worse than The Shadows Between Us or Among Us or whatever. I didn't like that book. I know a lot of people did. But I feel like she is regressing. And because of that, I'm sorry, but Trisha Levenseller has to get her jersey retired. It's <gasps> official. It's official. So if you're new to the pod, <laughs> in sports, yes, I'm aware that retiring a jersey is a good thing. But in the universe of me and Ashley, uh, it's a bad thing. That means I will no longer read any more of this author's books. If I read two bad books and typically in a row, that's it. It's done, Deezy. And Levenseller. Yeah, Shadows Between Us. Shadows Between Us was book one. And this was the second one. No, so, was it? What? Oh, no. You mean in the series. I get you. Never mind. Never yeah. mind. We're good. Yeah. Even though uh, her other two books were really good, two bad ones in a row, I can't do and it. I loved Daughter of a Pirate King. Yeah, and, it was good. Um, Daughter of the Siren or whatever the other one is. Because I, I had never read it before, but she does do a really good job of writing really compact books with something themes that are very um young adults if you will but it usually has a big cliffhanger that we're not aware of so it's it's one of those things that you're just like it's okay because i'm just gonna keep reading because i know i'm sucked in and now i really want to know what she did yeah and this particular one i feel like had the same simplistic storytelling but i feel like the the world and the plot suffered where it usually doesn't suffer that bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think it suffered a little bit there. Um, do you have any other dislikes or nitpicks that you would like to share? I have one nitpick. (laughs) It's nitpicking time. Okay. It's small. My nitpicks are typically tiny and, and stupid and I just get upset and I have to talk about it. Okay, so in the beginning of the story, they go to a restaurant and they get served. Did she say waitress or server? And I'm like, restaurant? What? (laughs) I read a lot of fantasy, as many of you probably do. And typically they go to a tavern or a pub, a restaurant? And restaurant restaurant is not a new term. I know this. But it just totally took me out of the story. They were looking at menus at a restaurant with the waitress and I'm like what <laughs> what year is this but it like I said it's a nitpick it's tiny it just it just took me out of the story and I just had to mention it and I'm done now <laughs> my, my moment is a spoiler so I will not share because okay. I, I had a little nitpick too where I was like what the heck is happening <laughs> oh, okay so now we're gonna go into our likes uh, and I can start. My first like about this book is that I loved the idea of having a magical blacksmith being a woman. It did. That triggered me. I was like, what in the world is happening? And it's not that she was one that she wasn't a swordsman or a mercenary, like really enjoying the art of sword play. She just enjoyed being in the thick of it and creating these pieces. And I loved that. I loved the whole concept of her pouring magic in to have weapons do certain things. 
molding metal the way that she pleases. Yeah. I love that. Because uh, I haven't read that yet. No. I haven't read that yet, so I was excited to read that part. Yeah. So, I agree. Well, I like the idea of the magic blades, and which is, I kind of read a little bit of the synopsis, but I didn't read too much of it. And so I kind of knew that the blades were magical. And I was, like you said, I haven't read that before. So I was like, cool. So I like the idea of it. I'm not sure how I feel about how she doesn't know how she's doing it. It just kind of happens. I thought that was odd, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I did, I did like the idea of the book in general. Mm-hmm. I also liked that she has an anxiety disorder because we don't see that ever in YA. I do not have an anxiety disorder, and so I'm relying on the character to tell me what it's like. If she missed the mark, if Levin missed the mark, I don't know because I don't have it. So um, all I can do is go by her her rendition of it. And I've read books where authors talk about a disorder, and I felt like they've done it better. Where I've I was like I really felt the anguish of the uh, main character example of that is uh, turtles all the way down by john green she had a uh, ocd and there were moments where i was just like oh my god i felt bad for this poor girl i didn't quite get that here but i still appreciated the representation mm-hmm. yeah see and i actually really enjoyed the anxiety disorder because i know someone who has it and so when they were describing it to me there were some of these, some of the quotes within the book that I felt like she did a really good job of depicting how one would feel inside of their head. Okay. Because there were moments where I was like, is this too much? Like, are we getting too much of Ziva's, like, anxiety and panic attacks? Or is it, like, a real, real thing um, with someone who actually struggles with that? And so there's one quote where... She said, I wish my body didn't dictate how I'm supposed to react to things, that I could just tell it, behave, and it would listen. I wish I could separate myself from fear to learn who I truly am. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like if someone who has anxiety reads this book, I feel like they're going to find some sort of empowerment in that because I think they would feel like they've been seen in that. So... I think she did an okay job of it, but that was one of my, one of my likes because it's usually the heroine is, you know, some man duped her and now she's going to get back at him or something. It's like, (laughs) you know, or she's going to be smarter than the man. And this one's like, let me hide behind like in a dark room. But I actually have this cool, awesome, badass, like, magical thing that I do. And it's totally underrated right now. Just saying. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, the next part is that I I really, I enjoyed the romance for Ziva. I enjoyed it for her because I felt like it was the type of romance that she needed in order to come out of her shell. I did not like some other people's romance. And we can talk about that later. But I did like hers. I appreciated hers. Uh, that's all I gotta say. Okay. With that. 
<laughs> okay. Um, I. Okay, so here, here's, here's what I'm not sure about the romance. Okay, so this girl doesn't. She doesn't like people, and so she doesn't really know too many people. And so she sees this hot ass guy walk past her window, and she's like, "Oh, baby." My loins is burning. And now it's, of course, it's the guy that's with them on their trip. And Levin Seller does this YA thing where she's constantly like, oh, my God, I can't concentrate when he's talking to me because he's so hot. Oh, my God, his muscles are bulging. Oh, my God, his eyes are beautiful. Like that bullshit. And I'm like, oh, I hate this because she's making YA look bad and I hate it. So that's what I didn't like about it. However, I was looking at some Goodreads reviews and they were saying that Ziva may be demisexual, which is you are attracted to someone who you have an emotional connection with. So if that is true, because it's not confirmed and Levenseller doesn't have to confirm it, she can leave it up to the reader to do their own research. If that is true, then it makes sense to how she mm-hmm. reacted to him so quickly how she felt in the emotional reaction to him as he walked his hot ass out the window, I don't know. But, nevertheless, it would make sense if she's demisexual. So I would be like, okay, romance, so, oh, okay. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree there. Because there was one moment where I was like, this isn't like love at first sight type of thing. It's different than that. You know what I mean? Like, But it had the same tones to it a little bit where you're like is this too much over here I don't know like I did you but I did see that I did see that as well that some other people were like they they caught on to it eventually or not eventually but quicker than we did yeah well I would have never caught on because to me I was like because she was saying um I've never been attracted to anyone before and usually that means that they are uh, lesbian or gay. And but this world, there are, you know, there were gay characters throughout the world and it, it didn't it, it was just part of the world. So I was like, OK, that's not it. Then what what is it? Why? Yeah. Why is she? So, I mean, someone else kind of defined it for us because I didn't know. I wouldn't know if I hadn't looked it up, but it makes sense. I think it does. Yeah, I think so. I agree. My next little thing that I liked about this book, and this is why I gave it the rating that I did. I enjoyed the simplicity of the story because I feel like I have had so many in-depth books to just breeze through a book for once was so nice. It was so nice. And and my, my comment that I put down is sometimes simple stories are better for in that moment of where you're at when you don't want to sit down and you don't want to, you know, look into all the themes and why are they doing this and what's going on here? Sometimes you just want a book that you can sit down at the beach and just read it in one sitting because it's short. If you're there for a little bit, you wouldn't have to really pay attention as much. So is it a bad thing? That's kind of what I wrote down with that. Okay. Because I liked how simple it was, 
but I couldn't justify giving it, you know, a four or a five or anything around there because there was no moment of when this book's like was like, woohoo. But I do know that it was a book that I wanted to go back to to keep reading. I actually read this one versus like listening to it. I feel like I might have been a little bit more irritated if I listened to it. Well, what you trying to say, Ashley? Because I listened no, to it. Well, I'm kidding. Time I listened to a book, I got irritated. And I was okay. like, maybe it's because I listened to Because <laughs> you loved it. And I was like, mm. <laughs> Okay. I I can I can get by that I I I can't say the same for myself uh, I but I understand the need for just something easy breezy and just you don't have to think too hard I get that um, but I don't know books but she could have done a better job with it though I will yeah. say that yeah she could have she done an even better job because this book does not compare to Daughter of the Pirate King. I'm sorry. No. It doesn't. I would consider like Fable by Adrian Young easy breezy. Like something light. It's not too heavy. But that book was still good though. Like it was still good. This one I can't I can't say the same. I can't. Yeah. That's all the likes I, I had. Okay. Well, do you want That's to... all we have for you guys. Wait a minute. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't explain my rating. So if you guys, oh, I, I didn't explain my okay. two ratings. Explain your rating. Okay. So clearly the two is my actual rating as an adult woman. Um, the four is because this book is a teen book. This book is for teens. And I am aware that YA books are for teens. However, as someone who reads a lot of YA, I am able to get a lot out of a teen book, even though it's not written for my age group. And I wasn't able to do that here. And Ashley, you were dead on when you said the younger me would have loved this. And that's why I gave it a four, because I think new readers to fantasy or reluctant readers would love this because the pacing is quick. It's relatable. There's a romance. And so for a teen... I think it's good. For an adult who reads YA, it is booty. Sorry. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. I am so glad that I'm like not pulling this out of my butt somewhere. Because you look at me like, I wish you guys could see our faces when we're having this conversation. <laughs> oh my God, I know. But it's so true. A younger Ashley would have ate this book up. I yeah. would have been recommending it to everyone left and right. Like, did you read her newest book? So, you know, for the teens, I think this is going to be one of the, you know, to make the top 10 this year. It is one of the most highly anticipated YA books that is coming out this year. So I don't think the YA fandom is going to be disappointed no. in that. Now, those of us who are adults that do read YA, this is not probably going to make our top 10 list for the year. It might actually make our bottom 10 list. Oh, it most year. definitely will make my bottom. <laughs> it's happening. Actually, okay. it, would make my, it would make my disappointed. If we did disappointed, it would be on my disappointed list. Because I, I, was, I was rooting for this book because yes. I, like her, I like her writing, but... 
so that is that concludes our right you got nothing else to say no (laughs) that concludes our non-spoiler section of blade of secrets if you have not read the book and do not want to be spoiled please hop out now come back and listen when you're ready our next podcast is going to be on Realm Breaker by Victoria Aviar. This one has kind of come out of the woodwork, so we should see what this one is going to write about this time. Who knows? I'm hopeful that this book will be in a different world. I'm hopeful. Please let it be in a different world because yeah, we can get to that later. Yeah. So we are going to spoil Blade of Secrets for you in 5, 4, 3, 2, one. Can we just talk about Tamara? Okay. Can we talk about her? Sure. This girl acts beyond her age. Goodness gracious. There were so many times I had to remind myself that Diva is the older sister and this one is the younger sister. Oh. Just in how she parents Diva. Right? Yeah. Now, she's still off flirting with boys. She's still sneaking off. She's still taking sword lessons behind her sister's back that no one knew about. So, I do like that she initially does do, like, the younger sibling blow-up where she goes after someone who's going to love her or she thinks is going to love her, meaning their grandmother. And then her grandmother's like, you a witch. We're going to burn you on the stake. Girl. Girl. Y'all can't see me, but I just, like, put my head down and just, like. (sighs) Yeah, I, that was my first note I made. And that happened, like, at, like, 60, 60, 70%. That was the first note I made in this book. And I was like, she turned way too quickly for me. She was just like, sorry, homegirl. I got a grandma now. I'm like, what? Are you kidding? Because there was no development of it at all. And it just happened so quickly. And then, sure enough, in the next chapter, burn the witch. Burn the witch. And I'm like, oh, my. That's what I'm talking about with the pacing. It's just too quick to develop anything. That part I didn't like. I actually disliked that part when they, you know, so they took off because the what's her name, is trying to come after the the warlord who wants this weapon that's been created for her to basically help her conquer all of the other countries. Because apparently there's 13 of them. 12, 13, something like that. Some sort of emperor where the king was like, well, y'all are agreeing, so everyone can just have their separate kingdom, and there you go. And you know that never works out anywhere because someone's going to get power hungry. And sure enough, there is one. So, you know, Ziva makes this crazy sword, and it's like, you know, her and Tamara are like, we are banded together for life. It's just us left because our parents were killed, and yada, yada, yada. And then that moment happened where all of a sudden Tamara's like, okay, you hurt my feelings, so now I'm going to go by somebody else. And that was so out of character for her because I didn't feel like that was the Tamara we've been given no it wasn't because she wasn't developed because she is to me was supposed to be this big strong like sister that's she's got her mind made up as what she's gonna do above all else she's gonna help her older sister but she's gonna help talk some sense into her and whatever and hold her hand when she can't make it and whatnot that part made me so angry (laughs) so angry 
And then we got Mr. You know, Pitrick, what we didn't even talk about in the non-spoiler part. Because he's a forgettable character. Yeah, he's I should have... Character. I should have seen the twist coming. I'm kind of mad that I, I didn't, didn't... see it. I should have seen it coming, and this is why. Because they're both black. And there were no other black characters in the book. I should have seen that coming. Oh. Yeah. And I didn't. I just thought like caramel they're still brown and there are no other brown people in this world at least not we weren't introduced to so I sh- I mean I should have seen it I did not see it coming I did not see him being the warlord's son I did I did not see him now his random like I'm gonna tag along with you on this journey because obviously you guys are unskilled and I have more skill than you do Knowledge wise, I'm gonna come along and protect you. It'll help me hide. I'll I'll help hide you from people. I did not see it coming. I saw. I thought it was the mercenary the whole entire time. I thought he was gonna turn on them, but no, Mister Killen didn't. Yeah, I had his whole jam figured out. And once again, when he was like oh my god I need this money I'm like clearly he has a family at home that he needs to take care of and this is what I'm talking about this would be great for a younger kid because they wouldn't pick up on that foreshadow but for someone like us who reads fantasy constantly it's like come on well he said yeah and the fact that he commented on the need for the money numerous times yeah I was like well he needs it for something but maybe it was to pay off the warlord that's what that was what I had like worked out in my brain is that he oh. owes her a debt or something like that, like his freedom to protect his family type of thing. But he still does jobs for her. I had a whole scenario planned in my head. Girl, you was writing Not- a better book than Levin Seller, cause no. I know. I'm just saying. I did not see that coming at all. So. And, but he made, like, numerous ugh, little, like, digs all the time where he has access to all this knowledge and meeting with people where it's like, well, what do you do? And Keelan's always asking him, like, what are you, just dressing up in a dress? Like, what's your actual job? Did they promote you to high, like, robe dude or what happened in your library? Well, they're teenagers, so he would still be a student. I would see if he was 30. But, I mean, it would make sense that he was just a, a, a student. I did like the whole, like, Keelan just being, like, a big softie underneath. Like, he puts on this front of, like, I'm a mercenary, but really, like, I have a giant family at home, and I'm a huge, like, family dude. Just so you know. Because usually yeah. they're all gruff because of something else. So... <laughs> Um, oh, okay. And then ahead. I want to talk about the couples. Okay. This is where I had a problem. I liked Ziva and Keelan together. I did. I did not like Tamara and Patrick together. It was just too cookie cutter of like, we're all together. We're all paired off. This one helps this person this way. Or they're too alike. That's why they can't be together. And because we're the opposites, we attract to them type of thing I just <sighs> but that happened I was like no 
but as a team reading this, they probably would really enjoy it. Yeah. I wasn't invested in any of the characters. So, I mean, I it, because this book is formulaic, clearly they're going to get together. Like, it just... Once I figure out, once I figure out a book is predictable, I've lost interest. I've lost it. And I didn't care about Patrick. Patrick is booty. <laughs> booty. He is the epitome of booty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And the fact that he, like, he knows how to cook so well. <laughs> He's like, I'm the only one that knows how to cook. And both girls are like, oh, we can't feed ourselves more than a fried egg. And this one's going to cook us something else with spices. Woo! <laughs> okay. So my <laughs> my next nitpick that I had an issue with was the sword and the stone representation. Oh, my God. I wrote, I wrote, is Ziva Merlin? She's Merlin. Are we, are we serious <laughs> Oh my god, it lost me. I mean, I was already lost, but damn it, when she turned into Merlin, it, it just totally lost me. I know! So, that moment, I was like, I did not see that coming. But why are we having uh, a King Arthur moment right now? I don't understand. I Is this a retelling? Is this like a prequel? I don't know the story good enough to know if this is a prequel or maybe that's why she didn't go into too much detail because it's a story we should know already i don't know i don't know what i don't know where that um, came from it does have some um some underlying comparisons to king arthur and merlin it does okay because sword that's supposed to be like an infinite sword that comes out when it's needed you know and when they're praying over the sword to only be wielded to save people i'm like oh my god there it is again there it is that is king arthur and the sorcerer's stone but i'm talking about before that part before that moment was there anything leading up to it that had any parallels to it no i didn't i didn't see it that way i saw it as you know she creates this blade right and if she's poured all of her heartfelt secrets into it and i saw it as a metaphor with you know secrets have a tendency to destroy no matter how little or how big that they are so like okay. i saw this huge metaphor and i was like that's great I'm, I'm all for it but then when she can now bend the sword's will to only do good that lost me because i thought that once it was wielded that she couldn't remelt it to change its shape or whatever but when they're captured by the warlord for a hot second and petrick's like you know i assume that you would be able to because i've seen someone else do it before then I'm like, okay, so obviously there's more of these people around and then it's being let on. I feel like book two might tell us a little more. Well, but I, I hope so. Know. But that's but that goes back to what you were saying in the spoiler-free edition where you have to have rules to your magic because then you can just add any old bullshit to it and then people are like, where'd that come from? Like, you have to, ha there has to be some kind of right. boundaries. Otherwise, she could just make shit up anytime she wants to. But it, it's not supposed to be that way. There are there should be rules, and she changed yeah. the rules on you, and you're like, wait, what? 
And that that was the one part of this book where I was like, I don't know if I'm okay with that. Because there is no rules, it's just like, what is, oh, we read all, um, all the Tides and Fate, that one. The same thing happened with their magic there. Okay. Where their magic had no boundaries. Do you remember the different, like, islands? Each had, like, a different um, magic that was special to them. And then, you know, one of the heirs or whatever is now able to do all seven of them, which just breaks the whole entire code of the magic and whatnot. And anyway, so that's how he felt. (laughs) I don't really have a whole lot more to say about this book other than, you know, it had its, its ups. It also had its downs. And that's all I have. I'll I'll concur. Uh-huh. Well, join us next week <laughs> or next time for our review of Realm Breaker. And we will catch you in the next podcast. Bye-bye.